of the Paul Chabot Show. Uh, God bless you all. As usual, there are always challenges facing our country. I've done an episode before on fentanyl, and I wanted to include here an update on this. Uh, I was really uh, honored to have a local school district in Texas ask me to provide a, a Zoom with parents. And uh, from that, I decided to actually take that a Zoom pre-recorded interview and upload that here so you can uh, listen to the conversation uh, that I have uh, with parents, with educators, and also in this conversation is a parent um, who's lost a child from fentanyl as well. This presentation does provide some new updates on the fentanyl uh, chaos that is ripping our country apart and literally killing Americans of all ages, especially our youth. So here we go with a substance abuse presentation on fentanyl that I had uh, participated in with the local school district uploaded here to this podcast. Welcome to our parents in Plano ISD community. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're so excited to have you here. October is Substance Use Prevention Month and the school social work so honored to have Paul here with us. Um, he's going to share my background. Soon I will be putting a sign in in the chat if you don't mind signing in and letting us know what campus you're affiliated with. Um, and if you have a question, please write that down um, or you can put it in the chat. And we will absolutely have a Q&A time at the end. And please know that this presentation is being recorded um, and it will be available for our Plano ISD community. So welcome, Paul, and thank you so much for being here with us today. No, thanks uh, to you and the ISD and all your support staff for putting this together. Uh, great to be with you all. Why don't we go ahead and jump right into this? Uh, it's obviously a really important critical topic. And uh, welcome to those of you that are here live with us and to those of you that will watch this recorded uh, later on. Uh, just one quick favor, if you're on with us, um, just go ahead and mute your, um, your, your icon if you know how to mute, and that way we won't pick up any background noise. If you don't know how to do that, that's okay. Uh, we'll just hang, hang in there. I'm going to do a share screen uh, with everybody here. And uh, just a thumbs up, Allison. Can you see uh, see the screen? All right, very good. Well, let's get on with this. Um, so my name is Paul Chabot. I've been involved in drug prevention efforts for quite some time. Uh, in fact, probably most of my life, my youth and adult life. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I went through drug rehab, uh, got in a lot of trouble as a kid, cleaned my life up, uh, got into law enforcement, the military, and a pinnacle for my career is working in the White House for the Office of National Drug Control Policy. About six years ago, or uh, sorry, not six years ago, gosh, 15 years ago, if you will, it's gone by quick, on focusing in on drug prevention, education, and those sort of components. I will tell you that uh, if you're here with us, whether you're a parent, a volunteer, faculty, staff, community member, um, the issues of drugs right now impact every single household. Um, I've traveled the country. I've spoken in 48 states on drug abuse issues for decades. And the problem right now where we are as parents, I'm a parent, my wife and I have four kids, uh, three teenagers, three teenagers in our house, and then an 11 year old. And so we are all uh, susceptible to the problems that are that are happening. And so the bottom line is certainly you wanna protect your, your kids, um, but there's so many influences out there. And, and we're gonna talk about this and the reasons why and what you can do about it. But I just want you to remember that there, there absolutely is no silver bullet uh, to this. Um, you know, many parents who've lost kids uh, to fentanyl or other drugs really never saw this coming. And uh, the epidemic of fentanyl right now is such a crisis in this country that uh, as a society, as adults, we're trying to get in front of this. And it just seems like every time we think we might have a handle on something, some other drug comes out of left field. I'll throw some names out there of some drugs, I mean, ecstasy, MDMA, methamphetamine, ketamine, uh, LSD, heroin, right? There's all these drugs. Many of you know of marijuana. We've been talking about that for generations, 
And we'll talk a little bit about that, although this focus is largely on fentanyl and prevention education, Narcan, saving lives. What we want to remember is that this uh, fentanyl epidemic is completely different than, I'm not going to say traditional, but in the most ways on how people become addicts. Nobody wakes up one day and says, hey, Paul, I want to be a heroin or a cocaine addict. It usually begins in one of four phases, uh, experimenting for the very first time, social use, abuse, and then addiction. Well, there's 14 million addicts today. Many of them are within this age range of under the age of 25. But here's what's scary about fentanyl is you can have a kid who hasn't touched any of this, not a, not a single, not no marijuana, nothing. And all of a sudden they're in the restroom at a school and it happens at every school, ladies and gentlemen, uh, vaping. Vaping's everywhere. It's a big deal. They might think they're vaping tobacco and little do they know that it's laced with something like fentanyl, which can kill them. In fact, many kids who are dying from this, it was their very first time and, and unbeknownst to them, they didn't, they had no idea the fentanyl was going to be susceptible to their body. And I believe we've got you know, a, a parent here with personal experience um, to that as well. Um, let's see if I can move the slide. Okay, so, you know, why do kids use drugs? Let's just get to the base, basics of it. You know, they want to feel grown up. They want to feel like they can fit in. At times it's about relaxing or feeling good. There's also the whole taking risk uh, mentality, which is highly, highly uh, susceptible, especially for teenagers, and a satisfied curiosity. Uh, initially, a person takes a drug hoping to change their mood, perception, or emotional state. They're really hoping to change their brain um, for, for some for some other, other reasons. Now, here's a scary fact. Nine out of 10 who meet the clinical criteria for substance abuse disorders involving, let's just talk about nicotine, alcohol, other drugs, began smoking or drinking or using any other drug, started using alcohol or marijuana before they turned 18. So parents... Uh, if your child, your son, daughter has four friends, right? Just We're just going to do the math here. On average, one out of every five youth are using an illicit drug right now, which is a huge number. So even though you might think that your child is doing everything by the book, there's a social influence out there and it is extremely strong and extremely dangerous. And social media, the web, has made this a very difficult environment for parents uh, to navigate because this has become a huge obstacle for us in deterring. Now with teens, with brains, you know, you wanna talk to your kids, your teens, I do, their brains are actually developing all the way until the age of 25. So, you know, when, when teens act out and certain behavior issues happen, not very recent research, but relatively recent research has shown that, look, you know, kids' brains are developing, uh, the, the emotional uh, part of this, but why it's so critical to get them through their years alcohol and drug-free is because of all these developmental stages that are going on right now in their brain. So sitting down and talking with your kids, think about it. You know, they want to have nice shoes, maybe you know, a nice haircut. They think a lot about how they look on the outside. And what we want to do as parents and educators is, well, how about the inside? How about the inside of your brain, your body? 20 years ago, when the ecstasy epidemic was huge across this country, I traveled around giving a presentation uh, called X. And I showed a video of what the brain looks like after using some of these stimulants like MDMA or methamphetamine, basically a club drug. And that imaging made a tremendous impact because kids could visualize that their brain could look like Swiss cheese, right? And so that's a very difficult thing because kids don't see the negative impact of what's happening inside of their body. So the brain obviously is tremendously uh, impacted by this during their growth and development. So identifying common drug trends, without a doubt the most significant threat and there's a difference between i'll say threat and usage the most significant threat hands down is fentanyl and, and i need to go back to this consistently because i need you to help tell the story um in the olden days which was just a few years ago it was thought of that people began using alcohol tobacco marijuana and escalated their way up with fentanyl it can literally be one and done and done means death and so we not only have to educate them about the dangers of drugs, but also the dangers of an accidental 
inhalation or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It is such a threat that we have to look at this differently as parents. Now, uh, methamphetamine is actually quite frightening as well, and that is making a huge comeback in this country. Unfortunately, a huge comeback in Texas and in North Texas. I won't spend a lot of time on meth, but I will say you've got to watch out for this. It's an amphetamine. It was a big drug in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. We were able to reduce it uh, in the early 2010s, but it's come back with a vengeance. Methamphetamine is cheap, easy to make, and uh, it will probably begin to uh, supplement some of these other drugs as they become more expensive. Uh, marijuana was reported as the second most available drug in the region. I have an entire presentation just on marijuana, folks. Uh, this to me is uh, not a deadly threat like fentanyl initially, but the harm of what it's doing to our kids today is, is, is shocking. The marijuana that I was smoking in the 80s was about 1% to 3% THC, tetrahydrocannabinol. Today's marijuana can be 60, 70, 80% THC concentrated honey dabs, food, uh, gummies, you name it. And research shows a direct link between this high potency marijuana and schizophrenia, anxiety, depression. And so we have to be able to, as adults, understand that the marijuana of the Cheech and Chong era is not the marijuana of today. Um, for more information on marijuana, you can check out our website, drugfreemckinney.org. Uh, the problem here in North Texas is twofold on this. It won Oklahoma up north, basically legalized marijuana. If you travel through their billboard stores everywhere selling it, cartels largely have moved into the states that have allowed for the legalization and have sort of um, undercut in the black market. Interestingly, is thriving. I live in McKinney. We've got about, I don't know, 20 CBD stores that have popped up. You see advertising in your magazines. They are selling a lower level uh, a THC concentration, uh, which was legal in Texas, unfortunately. My concern is that we are having the same problems here with our kids with marijuana uh, because of the prevalence of it coming in from other states. Okay, uh, vape pens. If you don't know what those are, it could be anything that looks like a, a simple pen to a little cigar shaped. Uh, this is very popular uh, amongst youth kids. The restrooms, I hear about it from my kids, kids vaping in the restrooms. As you know, there's new Texas law that uh, requires kids caught vaping to go to a, a, a different sort of a program for some help in the schools, which is great. I mean, we need that deterrent, uh, but we also need to educate them very specifically on the reasons why. And these vape pens uh, can, again, it's not just tobacco. It's not just you know, CBD or marijuana, literally anything can be in a vape pen and it can be that one and done experience. Um, from a local regional perspective here in Collin County, uh, drug cartels are very active in transporting drugs to and from. We're a growing region. There's a growing uh, population density of drug use as well. Uh, let's take a look. This is uh, from law enforcement sources. It's probably the most recent data uh, that we have. The bottom on there uh, where it says source Texoma Haida, I used to manage, help manage this program when I worked in the White House, high intensity drug trafficking area program, quarter billion dollar program aimed at targeting at drug cartels. But we get some of the best information and intelligence. So here you can see the red shows the availability, availability. of this. And, of if, you this. and if you look at fentanyl and methamphetamine and, and marijuana, obviously, you know, very, very high availability which tells us we gotta be honest, as a society, we are absolutely failing. Um, if you want, if we re reverse these trends, you don't want these drugs to be as available. When we hear from our law enforcement that it is readily available, it means we're not getting it off the streets uh, quick enough and it's ending up into our kids. Um, this drug overdose slide, I think, is uh, probably the biggest eye opener for those uh, who are unaware of what you're dealing with. As parents, educators, you're on the front lines of saving your kids' lives. It's literally a war. In America right now, we lose about 120,000 Americans every single year uh, to substance abuse-related incidents. Uh, a lot of those are youth, and more and more of those are kids well under now the age of 25. Now, overdoses doesn't necessarily mean death. It could lead to death. But let's take a look at you know where we are with this. You know, fentanyl, prescription drugs, all uh, a huge issue. But what's that that 86 percent block 
right there is fentanyl. Put away, you know, methamphetamine and everything else for a minute. 20, 10 years ago, fentanyl wouldn't even even check the box on this. This whole thing would have been all about methamphetamine. It would have been a bright red circle. And so here we are today dealing with fentanyl. And and if I hold up the tip of my pen, and I'll show you what fentanyl looks like, not because I have it, but pictures. You put one little grain of fentanyl on the top of that pen, and that's all a child needs at times to overdose from this. So this is real, right? This is this is what we're up against. Your overdoses are clearly from what has made major headlines in the past year. So fentanyl problem, you don't have to read all of this. I'll just go through this briefly. Look, we've known about heroin for a long time. We know how deadly heroin can be. Uh, there's documentaries on it, people shooting up heroin in back alleys, right? Well, think about this. If you already know or in your conscious, just through your own experiences in life, knowing people or being in a community, um, I've lost family from heroin. Heroin's been around for a long time. It's probably not going to go anywhere. But that second bullet, I think, really lays this out clear, that fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin. There really is no greater threat or danger uh, to our kids than this. Um, un unintended use, particularly by people with no or, or low opioid tolerance. So that's where it goes to this sort of death or the overdose. It can oftentimes be that very first time that that unknowing child um, that takes it and dies. Um, how can it be taken? Many different ways. Ingestion, injection, inhalation. Sometimes you'll hear of police officers overdosing when they're around a subject who somehow has it on them, on their body or another place. And I will talk to you about Narcan here in a moment. I will show you Narcan and how you can get, get it free. Uh, and I'll show you how the process works. I keep this in my glove box. I've got it in my house. Uh, there are some warnings that you really shouldn't have it in high temperature environments, the way I look at it, I'd rather have it and maybe it doesn't work because it's in my glove box and do everything I can to make it work than not have it. So yes, there are warnings about temperature on this, but my position is if you can get it, uh, you can't hurt yourself with it. You can't hurt anybody else with it. Uh, better to have than, than not have. And I'll show you how to get that. Uh, the largest uh, fentanyl seizures of 2022 in the Dallas area have been tracing these products to California and Arizona. So how does it get here? Well, it gets trafficked by DTOs. DTOs are drug trafficking organizations in the form of fake pills. So it's not coming across stamped fentanyl. It's coming across, and I'll show you some pictures of, of other, other items. A significant number of individuals, they think that they're taking a prescription drug that a child may be on, and then they're doing a pill party or swapping pills or giving pills out, uh, which is another issue of prescription drug abuse with kids, but in gets mixed in a fentanyl pill, which looks like a prescription drug of Adderall or whatever it else may be. Um, and so as their appearance closely mimics that of genuine 30 milligrams of oxycodone pills. Uh, now this, I don't mean to scare y'all, you know, I really like to try to be a positive person, uh, but we just have to be blunt and direct here. New fentanyl compounds. If you think fentanyl is bad now, just wait. Um, so why is this so so prevalent in our community, uh, in, our, in our state, in our country? It's because there's money uh, to be made and the higher high is really where this is going. And that is uh, something with an addict because an addict gets a little numb to marijuana or cocaine, they'll continue to move up and escalate with their drug use, which is why you know you see them so um, degraded, both internally and externally. So take a look at, at where we are with this. Go down to your second, your third uh, bullet, but look at that fourth one. There's another product out there in the Midwest that's 100 times more potent than fentanyl. I mean, uh, really? Like, if as if fentanyl wasn't, Remember that the tip of this pen, that's all you really needed to overdose. And yet there's something out there a hundred times more potent uh, that has the potential to impact our communities. So there's always something coming. There's always something on the horizon and we don't want to be reactive. We want to be proactive. And the best way to be proactive on this is to understand what law enforcement is seizing, knowing our overdose reporting in our hospitals and doing educational programs like this and sharing information.
So this slide here will show you um, oxycodone on the left, a prescribed medication, and then uh, the counterfeit on the right. So uh, when I would talk to uh, college kids and I would sh I would show them a needle, a syringe, and I said, "Would you ever inject you know this drug into your into your body?" And everyone's like, "No, no, no! I won't inject anything because if I inject something, I'm a drug addict." The challenge, folks, is with our kids because they think the same. But what they think is that popping pills doesn't make them a drug addict. The reality here is that it doesn't matter how you get a drug into your system. It's going to have the same effect. The only reason there's an injection is because of the quicker onset often for some of these drugs. So again, you know, it's the education with our kids about this. It's so many of them would never put a needle in their arm because they don't want to be considered a drug addict. But the pills, these look innocent, they look harmless. And parents, we are part of the problem. We are part of the problem. And I say that in the sense that, you know, a lot of us are on prescription medication. We've got bottles and things all over the house. So you got to keep a tight lid on that. But I think we've also become a society where we've become very used to seeing people pop pills, medications, uh, which are needed, right, uh, for different ailments. And so our kids, remember, our kids are seeing this. And so the threat to them of taking a pill doesn't seem as threatening as it would have 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, okay, so nobody can really look at heroin or fentanyl on your desk and tell you what it is. That requires a, a specific test, uh, which we can put in a little tube, shake it, it can tell you if it's amphetamine, whatever it may be. The point here is that it's hard enough for law enforcement to figure out what this stuff is and it's gonna be hard enough for parents as well. Obviously your number one call uh, should be to 911. Now, if you take a look here on heroin and fentanyl, uh, heroin, that's a typical potential dosage on your left. If you can see that slide of fentanyl, see those little tiny, tiny flakes, little, little, little uh, grains of sand, right? That could balance on the top of this pen. That's what we're talking about uh, that can kill a human being. The, uh, the drug folks are very good at marketing to kids. Uh, they did the same thing 30 years ago, 20 years ago with, with the club drugs. They did the same thing with methamphetamine. Well, same thing with fentanyl pills, right? Uh, or anything else that they're trafficking. It looks like candy. It looks fun. It looks innocent. Now, remember, the cartels out there, they don't want to kill our kids. They want to make money. They want to get kids, the next generation hooked. They actually want to, the cartel's goal here is not really necessarily fentanyl. They're making a ton of money off that but they want to get them hooked again back on cocaine, heroin, and everything else that they make a lot of money on. Uh, if you're familiar with the city of Carrollton, they've been devastated um, uh, in 2022. You look at the stats here. So I put this up as a case study. Uh, this could be any, any city USA, any city North Texas. So the city of Carrollton experienced an alarming spike in fentanyl-related overdoses involving uh, teenagers, in uh, 2022, between 2022 and 2023, there were a minimum 10 overdose cases, uh, three of which were fatal, and uh, involving teens. That's who this is affecting most. Um, the other problem here, and this is not really at our pay grade, but something we've been concerned about, is getting better reporting on this and working with our high-intensity drug trafficking area program. There is a reporting mechanism that because this data is important when our policymakers and you see this you understand and we hear about the tragedy you know right next door in fentanyl um so let's see uh, on here i think what's important to also note and how i started discussing the social media right that is a big place uh where kids are exchanging seeing information um, across the board i'll give one shout out on my phones my kids we have the bark app uh, it helps monitor our kids. If there's certain phrases or things that come across, I'll get a notice on it. Um, I heard England or Great Britain's doing away with cell phones for kids in schools. I'll be honest. I, I would hope we'd all do that in Texas too. Um, I'd sign on to that. Same. All right. What can you do to protect your child? Well, substance abuse is a preventable problem. At least historically, that's how we've always thought of this, that if you sit down, you talk with your kids, you know, we're in the Red Ribbon Week month right now, uh, but, you know, Red Ribbon Week should be more than just a week. In fact, in the crisis we're in, it's an every single day issue. Uh, but when I worked in the White House, traveled the country, the research and data was so crystal clear that um, the most important person in a child's life 
is a parent. It's not a teacher, not a cop, not a counselor. They're all very important. We talk about the most important person. It's a parent. And so we are so busy uh, as parents, right? Juggling multiple jobs, just everything. But you have got to understand that it really comes down to you. But here's the sad fact is that you could be doing everything right, everything right. And all of a sudden you get a knock on your door uh, that your young son or daughter's life has been taken by as happened in Carrollton and other areas. So I'm going to get a little bit more firm here in a few minutes about this. So most kids say they want to stay away from drugs uh, because, you know, they might, they don't want to upset their parents. Teach your kids the risk of drug use and your stance. Uh, I always tell parents, be a parent, not a friend. Absolutely avoid uh, that friendship at all costs because the parenting mode is what is absolutely uh, needed here. And don't worry about that uh, helicopter parent uh, negativity. You need that because right now it's it's nuts out there. And any parent um, you know, should understand that, that we can do everything right, putting our kids in sports, extracurricular activities. But let me tell you a few more things that, that you can do that research has shown is important. And we're all busy and I neglect in this area too. Research has shown having dinner together as a family and talking to your kids is one of the best times of days to reach your children and, and ask them two questions. What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? And uh, sit back and listen. My wife, she's former law enforcement as well. Even though we run anti-drug coalitions, we drug test our kids and so should you. And don't worry about violating their trust. If you go to our website at drugfreemckinney.org, we have a list of drug testing sites. You can take your kids there and you can be from anywhere. I mentioned Drug Free McKinney, right? We're, this is for Plano. Hopefully other people will tune in and they'll give you a discount to test your kids. All you need is take them in there. They're going to take a urine sample. They're going to test it. Doesn't go to the police. Doesn't go to authorities. It goes right back to you as the parent. The bottom line is those results, if they come back positive, my recommendation is it's between you and your doctor. You need to get in with the healthcare provider immediately. And here's the other reason it's so important to drug test your kids. It's what we forget about. And I'll tell you what, the kids tell us that this is important too. And the kids actually like it because most kids don't want to use what's happening. It's the peer pressure. So research has shown for decades now that if you just, if your kids can tell other kids, they can even say this, Hey, I might like to do that, but look, my parents drug test me and I don't want to get in trouble. Use that to give your kids and out to say, right? And then go drug test them. Let them know what it's like. But you know what? When you do it, they're going to become an advocate over time, hopefully for saving other kids' lives. The other part of this schools, many school districts, extracurricular, my kids are involved in, in athletics. I believe there's a requirement or an, an understanding that they could be drug tested. Um, I would love to see that happen much more often. Um, I'd like to see all school districts participate in the Texas school survey. Uh, I think it's a 25 cent per student survey run out of A&M, uh, but uh, contracted through the state where it gives you a good gauge of uh, what's going on within all of our schools and all of our, our communities. So drug test your kids. Don't feel like you're violating their trust. It's better that than to be at their funeral. Uh, know their friends. Remember, if your child has four friends, on average, somebody within that network is using or close to it. So know who their friends are uh, and know and tell your kids that on average, one out of five uh, is using. And it's not just in our public schools. It's in our Christian school. It's in every single youth uh, environment you can imagine uh, today. Now, Research has also shown us a few things that get your kids involved in something other than just school. Research has shown time and time again that if they're involved in something else extracurricular, it lowers their odds of falling down this, this spiral. So what does that mean? Getting them involved in sports, extracurricular after school activities, clubs, boy, Girl Scouts, uh, what a church, what a, find something else. The last thing you want is for your child to have extra time on their hands, especially in front of that social media, which can be a major drain. 
So uh, know what's going on in their lives, who their friends are, the five W's, who, what, why, where, when. Absolutely stay on them. And they'll they'll thank you for it. I had a mom that did. She put me in a car after I got busted, drove me to juvenile hall. Uh, you don't have to do this. My mom did it. This was in the 80s. And showed me juvenile hall where the barbed wire was and then took me to a youth drug treatment facility. I was at the place in my life where that's what I needed uh, because I was getting in a lot of trouble. But it's because I had that mom that went through my room, right? And there's lots of great presentations out there about how to look through your kid's room, right? And the things to look for and the things to look for on that Bark app that will ping uh, on certain comments that they might be getting from others. So yeah, be that helicopter parent, get the t-shirt and be proud. Uh, signs of fentanyl overdose. Look, uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm presenting information that's been presented. What you're seeing and hearing today could be outdated tomorrow, right? And what I mean by that is we've been studying marijuana for generations and we're still learning new dangers about marijuana even today. So what you're seeing here could be could change tomorrow and just always know that you've got to evolve and stay on top of this. But you know the signs of fentanyl overdose, you could put all this thing, you don't even need the slide. Look, obviously, you know, these are things that happen uh, as you can read on your own. But if something doesn't seem right, if your child is disconnected, if their grades begin to slip, antisocial behavior, you know, that was one thing that we looked at for traditional slippery slopes. But the other part of this is, again, you can have a straight A, perfect student all the way around and still get that knock on your door at midnight or 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. that something happened because of what we've talked about earlier today in this in this presentation. Uh, okay, so overdose uh, progression. I won't spend you know a lot of time on this, but this goes through what happens to the body uh, with with fentanyl, uh, or it could be any any opiates for that matter, heroin. Loss of con breathing efforts begin to slow. Loss of consciousness. There comes a point here where there's a point of no return, and uh, I don't mean to say that uh, negatively, but without intervention, uh, there's death. And once they begin to get into these overdose uh, phases, so the overdose response, uh, probably the, the the best thing that that's happened out there, is is uh, Narcan. But here's the the major concern that I have with this in kids is kids think if they have this on them uh, that they can use drugs and bring themselves back if they overdose, which is A, not the case because they're going to overdose uh, and not be able to get to this uh, in time. And sometimes you need more than one. You need two, three, I mean, multiple uh, of these. Uh, to, and sometimes it doesn't always work. But you can take a look at this slide about you know the CPR, the different uh, levels here of where we get up to. Obviously, your number one call needs to be to 911. Um, so Narcan, uh, I'm going to open this one up. Now, this can't hurt you. It can't really hurt anybody. Um, you can use this on in somebody who has no symptoms and nothing's going to happen. This red part right here is a plunger. So if you see in the PowerPoint with the thumb on the plunger and that mist, that's exactly what this looks like. This is not a drug. This is legal. You can have it. You can now buy it uh, over the counter. I think your insurance policies will cover it. Or on our website at drugfreemckinney.org, there's a link under resources where you can order um, a dosage for free. And then we have some for Drug Free McKinney as well. And if you'd like to get some from us, we're going to have a donuts and coffee meeting on September 13th. I'll put my email here at the end and you're all welcome uh, to come to that as well. So let's talk um, a little bit about this. So if Narcan is given to someone um, who has not overdosed, right? You're like, oh, do I use it, not use it? Your first call is 911 anyway. That's the first thing. Um, there's no adverse effects from using this. Um, Narcan, Narcan um, does not work if given for a non-opiate overdose. So it's not going to work for things like alcohol, methamphetamine, et cetera. You might not know, right? But if remember that that circular slide of all the overdoses what are the odds right now it's like 86 percent if somebody's overdosing 86 percent uh at least up in our area it's because of of this and this hopefully will maybe save a life um let's see next slide so how do you administer it um in these packets there is a uh, instruction guide 
what I'm showing you in this PowerPoint, which will be available online, are the exact same instructions which are inside of, of this box, if you will. Each box comes with two of these dosages. And just so you can see what it, what it looks like. Sorry, Allison, can you see me on this still? My yeah. hand? Okay. So I'm going to spray this on the count of three, just so you can have an idea of what it looks like. So you're not intimidated by it. Now, what you are going to do is you're going to put it in somebody's nostril, you know, close it and then punch it or just, but here it goes. Ready? One, two, three. That's it. It's a fine mist has not impacted me. It's not going to hurt anybody. You'll know that the dosage is done when that plunger, sorry, when that, this is no longer usable. It's a one-time use and you throw it away. Uh, the instructions here and the guide on the PowerPoint show you the processes of what to go through. Um, if you don't see a reaction, the person's not coming back, then you can do another one and another one and another one. These can, you know, it's, you'll talk to fire police who've given multiple over and over again. Sometimes that's what it takes. So resources, your first call, ladies and gentlemen, always 911 from a liability perspective. I need to say that as well. Uh, resources are prevalent. You have um, drug prevention here in Collin County, you run through the county. Uh, we are a nonprofit. There's many nonprofits, great nonprofits that are addressing this. Our website, drugfreemckinney.org. We're going to be launching drugfreecollincounty.org soon as well. On our website, when you go under resources, you're going to see this link right here, which is the... Um, the uh, well, let's see, I'm going to click on it, see if it'll open. Can you all see this, yeah. um, the T Health? So that's the link that will take you and you just fill this out. It's for a single uh, request form. You fill this out and they'll mail you one. We usually get them in multiple um, boxes. This uh, presentation, by the way, I derived it from multiple resources. So this was not my own original information. I went to a number of legitimate sources to bring this together for you. And my contact information is here. Uh, before I go over to questions, um, we've got Mike with us. I don't want to put Mike on the spot, but um, Mike, uh, you know, look, you're here. I've been with you before on this and your story um, can help save lives because you've dealt with the unfortunateness of this. And is it okay if I maybe ask you uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing information that you'd like to? Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Yeah. My son, uh, Preston, died of a fentanyl poisoning uh, January 5th of 2021. He actually got a Percocet, which he thought was a Percocet, and it turned out it was 100% fentanyl. Actually, enough fentanyl to kill, I think they said, seven adults in that one pill. Um, so um, now I, I go around and share my story. In fact, I was just at the DEA summit up in the family summit yesterday up in Oklahoma, and uh, they were sharing some numbers, the DEA, that in their Irving lab, it's now seven out of every 10 pills that they confiscate now is Percocet. You know, it was four, eight, four then five, now six, now it's seven. Um, and with the trafficking, they said our East region, the U.S. attorney was speaking, it's a high region for trafficking there. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about also, Paul, that you mentioned, I'm glad you brought it up, is the pills that are around the house. Everybody sees everybody taking a pill. And society is so used now just to everybody, let's take a pill, it'll fix everything. And my son was on Vyvanse and for ADHD. And I guess you get that mentality. It's like, okay, the Vyvanse works for this. So I'm gonna go to a party. I'm you know, having a bad day or something like that. Hey, take this happy pill, whether it's a person, whatever. And you take it. We're just so used to taking a pill. And the thing is, is like Paul has said, we're almost getting to the point that addiction might be gone pretty soon. You might not have to worry about getting addicted to something because it is one-time users. You know, my son, he smoked a little pot in high school, but, you know, the first pill he took, he was dead. And uh, again, with parents, when I talk to parents at some of the talks I do, uh, the cell phone issue is huge with the helicopter parenting. I will say I would rather you tell your kid, hey, I want to look at your phone. And of course, what's going to happen? They're going to get mad and be ticked off at the parent. But and I've talked to a couple of kids and I'll be right there with the parent. And I'll just say, look, I would rather your kids be mad at you for a couple of days than the next time you see them. And I'll hold a picture of my son in a coffin. I hate to do that, but I'll show them this could be the next thing. So helicopter parenting. Yeah, I'm all for it. You know, they're still on the payroll. You're still paying the phone bill. So uh, maybe there are some high school kids that are paying their own phone bill, but I mean, you have that right. And 
trust me, you do not want to be in my shoes uh, to see your kids. I mean, it's every 4.8 minutes, somebody's dying of a drug overdose. And about 70% of those are fentanyl related now. And it used to be they'd say it's the number one killer between 18 and 45. And if y'all seen the news, the daycare up in New York, the one-year-old, it's basically the leading cause of death almost now, you know, from 45 and under. And it's, it's, I hate to say it, it's not getting any better at this point. So, um, yeah, it's, I just, I feel for you parents, but you know, you can feel that you're doing a good job and Paul hit it on the nail. You kind of got to be a helicopter parent every once in a while and get involved and spend more time. The one other thing I will say is something to look out for your children. My son was kind of isolated and sometimes depressed and you always want your child to be in a good mood. Um, and then when you start seeing them in a good mood, don't just be happy they're in a good mood. Ask yourself, why is your kid in a good mood? Have they started taking something? So that's just something else you could look for. So uh, thanks for sharing this with us, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike, you're a blessing to have here. Uh, you are the most important part of this. Uh, you live with this every day. And, and what you're doing, thank you, is helping to save lives. Because what I can say is one thing, but you have you lived that nightmare and, and through that tragedy, you're saving lives here and every day forward. So thank you, Mike, for, for coming on and being here with us. I know it, it opens up wounds every time. And I want to thank you very much for, for okay. being here. No problem at all. Thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Allison, the last thing, and we'll take some questions if there are some, um, I, I usually do a, a lengthy discussion on something called group think uh, with, with kids and uh, uh, you can discuss this with your kids in, in any way that, that you might like. Now, this isn't necessarily just for fentanyl, it's for everyday life. But um, if you know what groupthink is, great. And I'll talk to your kids about it. But look, the research shows time and time again that, you know, we are almost like pack animals as, as humans and even more so as kids. That when a group is doing something, even though we know it's wrong, wrong. Uh, that group mentality is so strong that it draws us into it. And uh, research has shown that in a group to change negative group behavior, you need a minimum of two people to kind of stand up. And so, you know, raising a strong child is one thing, uh, but having them have strong friends is also part of this in our world today. And, the drug epidemic has is well beyond uh, any solution right now. And things are morphing from this, creating secondary huge tragedies, uh, sex trafficking, uh, very common uh, throughout our country and Texas and North Texas. Well, remember, most of these kids are getting hooked then onto drugs. When you look at drugs, the problems in society, they go hand in hand. I've got daughters. I school them consistently when they go to a shopping center about, you know, not looking at their phone as they're walking to their car. I mean, being aware of your surroundings, but also trying to surround yourself uh, with other, at least other strong people that can stand together because this peer pressure, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just face to face and in groups, it's virtually, it's on the phones, it's the swiping, it's all of that, which is really uh, an unchartered uh, territory for all of us. So yes, uh, look at the fact that one pill can kill, right? We need billboards of that everywhere in North Texas. I wish we had the resources to do that. One pill can kill, but the other part of this is that slippery slope. And so you've got to juggle all these balls at the same time, and it's not easy. And uh, just do the best you can, and I'll turn it back over, uh, Allison. Thanks for having uh, myself and, and Mike. God bless you for your story and being here with us. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so informative. So parents, um, we want to open it up for questions. You can put them in the chat or um, that would probably be easiest. But if you would also like to unmute, that is OK, too. So um, I have a question that I would like to start with um, and this might be more of a medical question, but I see the pictures of a very finite amount of fentanyl, but then that can kill someone. But then in other circumstances, you know, people only overdose. 
Um, and so is that completely dependent upon the potency? And in some cases, that tiny amount is more potent than what was maybe in a pill, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's it's all the above. It can deal with the purity of the product or also the susceptibility of the individual. And so there is no um, rhyme or reason necessarily uh, to this, which is why there's no real safe dosage, quote unquote. Is there a tolerance? Can some people you know, get through this and, and others overdose off the exact same product? We all respond to things uh, differently. Some people have peanut allergies. So it's just, it, it's, and remember, uh, no matter what you see or hear today, remember, we are only now as a society trying to address this. We don't know the launch. We don't know the tidal wave or repercussions of what's going to come years down the road. All we know now is it's killing and it's killing like crazy. And so it's hard to really answer that question other than in the context of what I did. Right. Um, Mike, do you have any else things that you want to add on to that? Yeah, I know that um, like with the little part that you're talking about that you can put on the tip of a pen two milligrams can actually be fatal and that's about what paul was showing and just to let you know like if you go into an emergency room or something like that they dose it out in micrograms so you can just imagine just that little flake is nothing compared to what's being administered by a physician and with the tolerance that paul was speaking of uh, i spend a lot of time in arizona as well and we'll see people on the streets that are addicts that have built up a tolerance and they literally go through 15 to 20 fentanyl pills a day just for their habit. So the tolerance is like Paul is saying, you can build up a tolerance for it. But if you are if you don't have that tolerance and it's your first time, bam, that's it. So, but yeah, it's very hard to figure out the dosage, but I just know that that's what they dose it in is micrograms when it's given by a physician and the little okay. bit. Yeah, so. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and parents, my role with Plano ISD is I'm a school social worker. There is a school social worker that serves every campus in Plano ISD, but other staff members that are here to assist you if you have concerns about um, your own child. Um, your school resource officer is an excellent resource for substance use there, our law enforcement. Uh, your assistant principal, your school counselor, um, we work together and we want to provide as much support as possible. Um, also, we have our anonymous tip line. And so even if you overhear something that your student says that concerns you, um, that tip line is for parents and for students. And so you can share that concern immediately and that will go straight to the administrator of that campus and then it will be looked into. Um, and it's really encouraging when we do have students report their friends, you know, um, if they're nervous to approach them themselves. Uh, we are really trying to promote that tip line. So that's an, another conversation that you can have with your child. Hey, do you know how to use the tip line? Is there anyone, you know, that you're worried about that you think they should know about? Um, and it can even be like, hey, there's vaping in this bathroom in this hall. Um, so this is a conversation that we want to have that's ongoing. This will be recorded and posted to the Plano ISD counseling website. And so if you have a friend, PTA member, et cetera, that could not be here tonight, uh, we will absolutely have the recording that you can share. Um, I know for me, I will absolutely be sharing this recording with parents because this is a great wake up call. Uh, there's a lot of great hands-on tools. I also second the looking through the phone. You know, I've talked with parents that need to remove the door off its hinges until that privacy is earned back because that action is powerful. And I especially appreciate that having the excuse or the reason, hey, my parents drug test me. I agree. It's an out, you know, every that's something that they immediately understand. And it's putting the blame on someone else, which takes it off the child. So I really love that tip. 
Um, so yeah, if anyone has a question, you can feel free to put it in the chat or join us if you haven't already. Uh, we would really appreciate if you could sign in there. I shared a link. Um, very cool to see that we have multiple campuses represented. We have some middle school parents, some high school parents from Murphy to Plano. Um, and we will continue to share that resource for drug-free McKinney. That's really exciting that it'll be drug-free Collin County. Um, this is a great partnership that that we're excited about. Awesome. Look, we're here to help. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are all volunteers and parents and things like that. So just remember, you're, you're not alone. And, um, you know, I just, uh, uh, like Allison said, you know, if you get a chance to share this presentation, uh, share it, right? Uh, because the odds are when I go into large groups and I ask how many people have lost somebody due to a substance abuse related incident, nowadays, almost, almost all hands go up. We almost all know somebody who's lost their life to substance abuse. And so remember, this is preventable. Every single overdose is preventable, but that's the challenge. And this is where it begins. So uh, thanks for having us always here to help. Thank you, Allison. Thank you very much, everyone. Enjoy your evening. Thank you for logging in. Um, happy not Substance Use Awareness Month. Um, good evening. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you.